This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Dine Local SD. This is episode number six. I am Kelly Orange, and we are serving up the latest in the San Diego culinary world with a pinch of history. Um, today in the studio, I have Jeffrey Strauss of Pamplemousse Grill, and then Dan Bologna, who is one of Specialty Produce's longest serving yep. sales reps. Senior. <laughs> <laughs> He's a lifer. <laughs> Um, so today we want to kind of talk about just some really cool stories because you, Jeffrey, have been here for about 21 years. This yes? June will be 21 years, and wow. there's there's definitely stories. All right, yeah. let's let's go. <laughs> Bring it. My first story. Oh my God, I wasn't ready for that. But uh, <laughs> one of the you know now that I'm especially produce you know, and I'll, I'll never forget that when we had the blackouts in San Diego a few years ago. That, I mean, everyone was panicking. Restaurants were closed down, and um, there goes Specialty Produce. You know, the generator's cranking. They send trucks up to get all the frozen products, bring it down I, to their place. I, I remember that phone call like it was yesterday. Jeff called, um, <clears throat> looking for dry ice. He wanted to you know, save as Save as much as possible. Save as much as possible. Um, I offered... To drive a van up there, refrigerator van, put the product in the van. He'd have control the whole day. Bob actually, I got up the phone, talked to Bob. He actually had a better idea. Why don't we just go grab all his product? Because at the time, remember, it was like we didn't know if the power was going to be off for a week. But we knew four days. It's going to be right around four days. That's what we all thought. And that's yeah. what we were thinking. So we, long term, we wanted to grab that product and along with some other restaurants product bring it down to our warehouse where we have full generators kicked up keep your stuff good and they all that was for the frozen products he also sent a refrigerated truck yeah. up where we kept all our produce and you know all the perishables and then i mean to me that was one of the greatest you know acts of kindness i've ever seen from a supplier purveyor friend and then i invited their staff in for dinner that was amazing <clears throat> yes it was amazing but honestly the way they they ate like they were going to the electric chair and um, <laughs> it would have been cheaper to let my stuff go bad and rot and throw it all away and start all over again than inviting I, that staff into the restaurant. I, w- I was generous beyond recognition. I mean, it was tw- he invited 20 of our employees with their guest. And I was, we I was all, there. We all I sat in a, in, that. in a private room. So you were one of those electric chair eaters. Yes, okay. I was. And it was, uh, it, was jo- it, was just, it was just a night. It was something we don't see every day. So. No. And it was funny because the restaurant association, which I'm a member, not a huge fan, but I'm a member, and um, and every year they they vote on you no, know, it's a purveyor of the year, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, every uh, year you should get it. Thank you. I mean, you guys make three or four deliveries to us every day. I mean, for the most part, and um, there's no one else out there like that. Well, the loyalty goes back to because Jeffrey's been uh, a solid loyal customer for 21 years, and I can't. I mean, I don't even think we were your first choice in the beginning. Actually, LA Specialty yeah. Produce was. <laughs> I, I, they lasted about what? three days. Yes. And they delivered morels with um, little maggots in them. And that yep. was it for spe- LA Specialty Produce. Yep. 
but we're here for me, not really for your specialty produce or you. So uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about the pamplemousse okay. grill, which we haven't said once yet. So um, all right, so yeah, pamplemousse <laughs> is uh, located in. Or you say pamplemousse, I say pamplemousse. That's you know, it's the correct pronunciation is pamplemousse, but we, none of us say it properly. And uh, the most frequently asked question is, how did I get the name? Yep. And why do we have a goose? Yes. On a logo for means grapefruit, but um, just to clear up any any of the rumors out there, the name is is pretty simple. I went to work in the south of France at a restaurant called um, the Moulin de Moujan, and the second day I was there, as an American, you slice, you dice, you peel, you don't cook. You don't even think about cooking there. But I remember the chef, Serge Cholet, in broken English, said, go in the refrigerator and give me a pamplemousse. And I'm thinking, no, no, it means dingleberry. I'm not going to be the stupid American that falls for it. So I continue to slice and dice. And uh, he tells me again, I walk in the refrigerator, and I I see nothing in there that resembles a pamplemousse. And I come out, I go back to my work, and he just starts yelling at me in French and um, (laughs) called me a stupid American. That part made the English version. And uh, finally, one of the English chefs, a guy named John Murray, comes out with a couple of grapefruits and gives it to me to give to the chef. And um, I figured that was, a, that was the first time I yelled out in a foreign language. It wasn't the last. But, uh, <laughs> and I figured I loved that word. After that, pomplamoose became my favorite word, and um, hence pomplamoose grills I don't started. Think, I don't think I've ever heard that story. It's, no, I don't tell many people about me free. getting yelled at, you know. But uh, <laughs> Nice to learn something new, so good. Yep. So you guys are located in um, North County and Solana Beach. Yes. You've been there, so 21 years in June? 21 years in June. Wow, there. Yeah. It, it was scary. I, I remember um, the first time we opened, right before we opened, I remember we had Jack Berkman as our director of PR, and I invited 60 people in two nights before we opened. So 60 people one night, 60 the next night. And, of course, this is my first restaurant I ever... You know, I worked in restaurants, but I never opened my own restaurant. And most of my career has been in catering. But um, I'll never forget, I invited 60 people in for a cocktail party. All 60 sat down together. All 60 ordered food the very first, at the same time. And I remember the night before we had our first practice run, my mother and father were there, the whole family was there. And I remember after everyone left the restaurant, I'm sitting in a banquette all by myself. And I have tears of joy in my eyes. I'm thinking, wow, I, built, I did it. I built something. And that first night, 60 orders came in at once. I don't know what I was thinking about. But I, I've done, I've catered parties for 1,000 people that were easier than 60 people. And I remember that night. It was like the worst night of my life. And I remember every, everyone left. I was driving to my house. And I remember stopped by the beach in Del Mar. And I remember sitting there on a wall, you know, looking at the sand and the ocean. And I'm crying for a whole different reason. And I'm thinking, just, just do this for a year. Sell it. It's always better to say you should not have done something than you could have. And uh, we got together, the staff, the next day. We kind of changed things up a little bit. But we still had 60 people order at once. So I told my PR, I don't want anything about us out there yet. I'm too scared to face the public. And then we opened up a soft opening. And, you know, after like a week, we were bored. I mean, we were still doing you know, nice business, but not, I'm like, no, floodgates. So we uh, went through two weeks of that. And then the racetrack hit. And... Packed then it was packed every night and basically never looked back and it's been a home run ever since. I always think talk about or think about timing, and there's a few restaurants that really hit the mark uh, timing wise. Pomplamousse is definitely one of them. You were you had just enough time beforehand before that track hit, and then when the track hit, it just seemed like it just took off. And what we've learned from Pomp, from Jeffrey and from Pomplamousse and it was the standards and 
the sizing on everything because when we we were just up and coming ourselves you know 21 years ago um just the sizing and his demands on certain product and quality it just kind of it, we kind of graphed from there um you know frise at the time we used to just get it green now it's clean because partially because jeffrey wanted it cleaned um so we've learned a lot from from pompomus yeah, I mean, any new business, you start a new business, you're learning. And you know what? Believe it or not, you learn the most from your customers Absolutely. and your guests. And you listen. I always told my staff, don't say we, don't say no. You ask us first. If we can do it, we'll do it. Because at the end of the day, you want to cook for the people, what they want to eat, not what you want them to eat. And I remember, I think the second week we were open, we had a couple. There was, I mean, first of all, there was nothing in San Diego when yeah. I opened up the restaurant. There was Cindy Black's. Yes. And that was basically it. And George's I remember and- George's. Mm-hmm. And then I remember that um, a couple chefs from the university club came to my restaurant one night, and they said they had a great dinner, but you're not going to make it. And I'm like, okay, why? They said, because San Diego's not ready for foie gras. They're not ready for this kind of food. And I'm like, well, you know what? I need to make a living, so I'm going to start off with this, and if I have to flip burgers, I'll flip burgers. And um, But like you said, good. 21 years now, so we're still standing. That's a good, good philosophy there. Yeah, and you have a really loyal customer base as well. We have a great clientele base, great friends. I mean, a lot of my friends, I mean, all my friends now, basically, I met through the restaurant. And, you know, as long as they continue to spend money, they'll be my friends. (laughs) And and there's been so many, so many chefs that have worked with Jeffrey. I mean, you've had Jim Phillips, you've had Tommy, you've had uh, People Chef James Montejano. I mean. Yeah, it's great. You know, to me, it's, you know. It becomes a family. I've had people there that have been there almost 21 years now since we opened. And when someone sits me down in the office and gives me their notice, it's like a, you know, it's definitely a blow to my heart. But at the same time, I, I'm proud of, you know, the, the, the chefs and the cooks that come through my restaurant. Line cooks become sous chefs. Sous chefs become executive chefs. Executive chefs become owners of their own establishments. So I look at Greg Fry. I look yeah, at James Monahano, Tommy Namello, Mike Davis. I mean, Davis. I can go on and on about these kids. You know, like, they're like my pupils, and um, you know it doesn't take long, but the pupils become better than a professor. You've, I'm, I'm true. I mean, I think you've sent them away to to France before, haven't you? I sent Tommy to Italy. Yep, um, and um, to London, like Gavroche. Yeah, so I sent some chefs to, mm-hmm. you know, in New York when I ran a company called Glorious Food, and um, that's my professional father, John Claude Nedelec, and he was he was great. He was the only person I ever worked for in my life that you wanted him to be in the kitchen, the owner to be in the kitchen with you. As opposed to be off. Now, like when I worked for London and for Albert Roux in London on the Gavroche, we used to pray he'd be out of town because, I mean, he was he was brutal, <laughs> but he was brilliant. But um, I lost my trend of thought. I can't remember where we were going with this, but we started out something. But for the most part, I wanted to have a kitchen where my staff, you know, wanted me in the restaurant, front of the house and back of the house. And you have to have, you know, unity. The front of the house must like the back of the house. And vice versa. And when you have that, it, it feeds off, and the customers feed off it, and they become guests, they become friends, and you know, it becomes a community. Really, yeah. yeah. Um, so, how do you, basically how do you get? I know you have like your your huge clientele of and your friends that come in to eat. Um, I feel like your marketing for that is is really personable. Like you personally call people and have them come in and tell them about events because I know with like the chef celebration which you've supported for many many years um, I know it's your your place is always sold out for that event 
The oh. chef celebration. Actually, we have to figure out when we're doing it again. I don't think. I don't know that. Um, I don't think we have a date yet for the for the next series of chefs coming in. It's usually in April. No? Yeah, we have it. We usually have it in April. This year, we're doing it a little different, and we were going to spread it out through the year. So. Um, I think we were, uh, Jim was going to talk to you about uh, you, when you want, you could do it whenever you want and we'd have yours. Well, Jim, if you're listening, you, usually you get kick going it off here, buddy. <laughs> we usually kick it off. Yeah. I think Jim mentioned at one time or another, we don't have to kick it off. It doesn't matter to us. We like kicking it off because we like introducing the other, the other restaurants, the other meals coming up. Mm-hmm. So the one advantage of doing it all in like a six week period is they come to one event, uh, hopefully ours, and then we give them the literature for the other events. If it's going to be every few months then it's really up to the chefs that are sure. working at one restaurant and that restaurant to get it out there to their guests. You know, again, my guests, unfor- I mean, unfortunately for them, I mean, you, you want to be our friend, you've got to support us, which means you've got to support my charities. You know, I'm at a position now, I'm lucky that I have some great friends, and I really don't need any new friends unless they have a plane. If they have a plane, you know, they, 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 we'll, let, we'll let them in. I've heard about your plane trip. Yeah, no, we like we like the private plane. So um, that's important. That's important to the Pomplamoose. So if anyone out there is listening with a private plane, you, you're, you're, you're in a good position to become an ex-friend. But um, where you are, there are so many charities out here. There's no question mm-hmm. about that. And um, On, Speaking of charities, I know you're, um, the event coming up, Meet the Chefs at Del Mar. That's uh, awesome. That's awesome. It's um April 23rd, it's on a Sunday. There's a 12.30 to 1.30 VIP reception at the Hilton Del Mar, and they do a great job in getting everything ready for the chefs. And then um, there's about 15, maybe more than 15 restaurants, and we have a wait list of restaurants trying to get in now, which is great. James Monahano wants to get in now, and then, um, you know, we get Barry Schneider in from the you know, Del Mar racetrack. And um, it's, it's great. You know, the food is fantastic, and uh, it's... It's great. We love these chefs' events when we all get together because we get to see each other. You know, we don't get to see each other all that often. So when you put 15, 20 of us in one little area, you know, we catch up on all the gossip. And um, it's, it, you know, there's other events too like that, the Liver Foundation. It, personally, one of my favorite ones. It's nice. You get to meet all the chefs. Um, you always pick a really good day. It seems like it's always – there might have been one that's had weather issues. But other Out than that, 21 years, day. that's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Um, I know uh, it's for a good cause, though. You know, Casa de Amparo, the staff up there, what they have done with these children has been amazing. You know, it's I've been up there quite a few times. It's heartbreaking, and um, but it's needed. And they work. I mean, we do this a couple events a year, so for us, it's not a big deal. They're on that battleground every day, so for us, it makes us proud. It's exciting. You know, it's a no-brainer for us. I mean, it's not even an issue of money. It's a matter of the money we raise. And I'm lucky. I mean, our suppliers of all wines, I ask once a year for them to donate a large format bottle. And that alone probably brings in thirty, forty thousand $40,000, maybe more. And, you know, that's all part of the Del Mar and San Diego community of, you know, different organizations working together for the benefit of, uh, you know, less fortunate. Yeah, it's a fun event. It's, uh, you still have the silent auction, correct? The silent auction, that the live auction. A, that got me in a lot of trouble the first year, let me tell you. Um, That's okay. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> oh, uh, I, you happen to have a Lance Allworth football. It was on auction. My wife knew I liked it, and she just started bidding. And oh, nice. That <clears throat> I remember being pulled off to the side, and Jackie, uh, 
Jackie, Jackie Donaldson used to be the chef at Pacifica Del Mar uh, probably about 20 years ago. Um, Dan, do you know who your wife is is going up against? And I said, no. And she goes, that's – and I can't even remember her name. She's one of the richest people in Rancho Santa Fe. And I said, okay. And she goes, if she wants that ball, she's going to get that ball. That ball <laughs> went from 200 to $1,200 pretty quick. And my wife was still in it, and I was I had to walk away. So how can we get you in trouble this year? What, yeah, do, you, what do you need? What do you want? Uh, you you got you got a pretty good uh, selection on your wall. So yeah, no, it's um, actually my whole garage now is lined up with jerseys, and there there are some there's some Drew Brees jerseys that he's donated to me that I'll donate to charity, and I'll there's some of those jerseys I'll buy back three or four times. So, um, but like I said, we're both in positions where we can help the community, yeah. and that's um, and that's it. That's primarily what it was. It was going to a good cause. Um, yeah, I'm glad it didn't cost me $1,200. We'll get you this year. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, Danny, April 23rd. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm there. Yeah, so the Casa de Amparo is, um, they, they work with, they work with children to, or to treat and prevent child abuse and neglect. Um, so if you guys want to check that out, you can buy tickets at casadeamparo.org backslash events backslash meet the chefs. And it's Sunday, April twenty third, twelve thirty to four thirty at the Hilton San Diego Del Mar. And if you go, and if you're there, and you heard it from this podcast, which I just learned last night what a podcast was, um, introduce yourself to me. I'll be there at the pastry station, and uh, we'll make you a little care package to go. I just want to make sure someone out there actually is listening to this show. <laughs> yeah. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Chef. Jeffrey Strauss and Dan Bologna for Thank coming you. in today. Thank you. Um, if you guys want to check out more events and a little more on uh, the Meet the Chefs, go to dinelocalsd.com. And we're on Instagram at dinelocalsd. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Kelly.